0: Good morning. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas. You turn me down a little bit, Tom. Sound okay? Great. Thanks, Tom. Everybody else thinks so, too. That's good. Well, our passage this morning contains one of my favorite stories of all time. about Jesus. As John just said a moment ago, it's the only glimpse we have into the boyhood, the, the childhood of Jesus. For all of us who have that question, what was the boy Jesus like? Most certainly not like my daughters. <coughs> Excuse me. And as we read this story, it's clear. That Luke, who is the author of this gospel, wants us to understand from the very beginning that Jesus is special, even as a boy. And he had some very human parents. For those of you who are parents in the room, I would like us to have a little time of confession. By show of hands, how many of you have temporarily lost your children? Okay. Some surprised wives out there, (laughs) noticing. Not too uncommon, (laughs) look like just about everybody raised their hand. Well, a number of nights ago, Sarah and I were watching the movie Home Alone, a Christmas classic. Of course, Home Alone is all about the eight-year-old boy, Kevin McAllister, who is accidentally left alone during Christmas when his family takes a trip to Paris. And as Sarah and I are watching this movie, Wrapping Presents, I just look at her and I was like, this is so fake. Ridiculous. What parents would lose their kid and leave them behind for multiple days? (laughs) Home Alone got its plot from the Bible. Of course, though, if you think about it, Mary and Joseph are not incompetent parents just because they lost Jesus for three days. Hear me out. You have to remember, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem in a caravan made up of friends and neighbors and family and relatives. And we have to remember that because of their culture and customs around family, which is very, very different than ours, it would not have been strange 2,000 years ago in the Middle East for Mary and Joseph to assume that someone in their family was caring for Jesus. Bible scholar N.T. Wright says that the level of trust that Mary and Joseph place in their close-knit families tells us something exceptional about the world they lived in and the culture they lived in. It also tells us that they were not expecting their 12 year old son to leave the safety of the group. While they head home, he stays behind in Jerusalem. And at the end of the first travel day, Mary and Joseph search for their son amongst their friends and relatives. He's nowhere to be found. That moment where they realize, oh no, he's back in Jerusalem. And friends, the big city is not a place where you want your 12 year old son left alone without the protection of the traveling party and the fact that this city is filled with strange people and foreign Roman soldiers and merchants. It makes sense that Mary and Joseph were searching for Jesus with great anxiety. Can you imagine that level of terror they had to have felt? I mean, this is their son, right? But it's also like they were entrusted the Messiah from God. And it's not like you can go to God and say, hey, God, we lost him. Pretty sure he's in Jerusalem. A number of years ago, when I first brought Sarah home to meet my family, it was Thanksgiving weekend. We were both in college at the time, and she was meeting my family for the first time. And if you don't know my family, we can be an overwhelming people. (laughs) There are many of us and we are loud and kind of crazy. And Sarah was an only child with no siblings, no cousins. She had a rock collection. She's one of those kids. But I loved her, I liked her, you know? And I was feeling very protective of Sarah going into that weekend. I didn't want my family to scare her off. Well, the Friday after Thanksgiving, all of the women from my family take Sarah shopping. And they took two cars and they are gone for several hours. I am pacing in the household waiting for my girlfriend. Soon someday would become my wife, waiting for her to come back. The first car arrives, and my mom and my sisters, and my sister and my cousins walk in, and Sarah is not with them, then the second car pulls up, and my sister's in-law walk in without Sarah, and I come up to them, and I say, where's Sarah? (laughs) And they said, well, she came back with your mom, and right in this moment, my mom walks up, and she's like, no, 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 I thought she was with you guys. It was in this moment that the room started to spin. I could feel my blood boil. I couldn't even say words. I couldn't even say that I was mad. I just said, geez, now. And I'm picturing my like, girlfriend, Sarah, traumatized, lost in the mall. She'll probably be homeless for the rest of her life. I don't know what's gonna happen to her. So I ran out the door, I might have said some choice words to my family, but I ran outside and I saw Sarah hiding in the back seat of my mom's car. <laughs> she opens the door and she says, surprise. <laughs> I'm breathing heavily and I, I'm red and immediately she goes, are, oh my gosh, are you okay? And then all of my sister-in-laws and sister and mom, everyone comes running outside. I did not think it was a funny prank. (laughs) Of course, that was only seven minutes of anxiety for me. But Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for three days. How powerful, how painful... How painful those three days must have felt as they searched for Jesus. And if you think about it, this is a powerful depiction, this story, of Mary and Joseph anxiously looking for their son, Jesus. And at the same time, we see it and we look at it and we say, they are searching for God. Right? Searching and finding are prominent themes in Luke's gospel. Jesus says in Luke 11 ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. And the door will be opened. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three parables. Back to back to back. About a lost sheep. A lost coin. And a lost son. The prodigal. On Easter Sunday in Luke 24, the women go to the tomb searching for the body of Jesus. And angels appear to them and say, Why do you look for the living among the dead? You're searching in the wrong place. You see, in Luke's gospel, when you search... You find. In Luke 15, the sheep, the coin are found. The son finds his way back to the father. Search and you will find. Now here's the life truth for all of us this morning is that we are all searching for something. You search for what your heart longs for, if you think about it. You search for what your soul thirsts for. And as we look at this last year, we have to ask ourselves, in 2018, what did you spend most of your time searching for? Happiness, self-acceptance, achievement, financial stability, intimacy, escape, God. What we search for says something about who we are. We're all looking for something. But what? The point Luke wants to make is this. If you search for God, you will find God. But like Mary and Joseph, if you search for God, you might be surprised at what you find. After three days, Mary and Joseph find Jesus in the temple, sitting among the teachers. Asking questions, listening to them. And everyone who hears him is amazed by his understanding and answers. This is something shocking to find your lost 12-year-old son to be doing. Now, if the 12-year-old version of Dan was lost in the city... You're going to want to go to an ice cream shop, (laughs) not church. But it says something about who Jesus is, but this incredible display doesn't prevent Mary and Joseph from walking in and being absolutely angry at Jesus. Mary says to him, why have you done this to us? We've been looking for you with great anxiety. Perhaps more surprising, more shocking is the reply that Jesus gives. Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? These are actually the first words that Jesus says in the entire Gospel, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house, as if to say, I've been here all along? In my father's house. The Greek word for house is an interesting word. It can be translated as house or affairs, Or business. So the text could actually read, didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? Doing the work of my father? So is it house or business? Well, how about both? See, in the ancient world, a house or a household was more than just a place. It was also a large enterprise, more often than not. It was like the temple in that it was spatial, but it was also a community. A house had interests. A house had business opportunities. A house had relationships. It was almost like an organization, Jesus' response to his mother implies that he had to be here in the temple, his father's house, but he also, with his life, had to be about the father's business, doing the work of the father, which is the entire reason he came, because he is on mission from the father, and he understands it, even as a 12-year-old boy. This entire story is a foreshadow to the crucifixion and the resurrection. The Father's business, that which Jesus came to do. Notice that Jesus stays behind in Jerusalem which will later be the place of his death. He is found in the temple. The temple will play a central role in his trial and execution. This entire story happens during the Passover, which is when Jesus will be tried and executed. He's missing for three days, same number of days that Jesus is in the tomb. This is all pointing to what's going to come in the end. It's a story about searching and finding Jesus. But when Jesus says to his parents that he must do the Father's business, what is that business? What is that which his whole life has been destined for? Luke 19. The son of man came to seek out and save that which is lost. Or in Luke 15, as the father says in the parable of the prodigal son, this son of mine was lost. But now he's found. It's a story about Seeking Jesus, but the gospel is a story about a God who seeks us. The father's business, the family business, is seeking out the lost, bringing them home. Have you ever felt lost? Jesus is seeking you out. That's his business. And why on earth would Jesus seek you out? Why do we search for something? Because we want it. Jesus is seeking you out because he wants you. Thank God. The reason we know that we will find God when he says, seek me and you will find me is because God wants to be found. So the question for us is this. Are we willing to stop searching for the wrong thing? Or perhaps... Are we willing to stop searching for the right thing in the wrong places? And are we ready for the fullness of God and all that God wants for us? Christ offers hope for despair. Friendship to the lonely, strength for those of us who are weak, grace, forgiveness, purpose, meaning, love. God is seeking you out because God wants you and wants to give you new life. Are we willing to seek God out as well? My all-time favorite game as a kid and as an adult is hide-and-go-seek. If you ask me, chances are I will play. As a teenager, whenever my parents would go out of town, instead of throwing like a house party, which some other kids did, I would throw like a hide-and-seek party. And so I'd invite friends over, and we'd play hide and go seek in my house at night. We'd turn off all the lights, put on some creepy music, and then everyone would go hide. And it's just, you could play this for hours. One night, we had a new student from the school come, and he wanted to play. And so uh, it was his turn to be it, it, you know. Um, And so he goes downstairs, and he sits, and he counts. We turn off all the lights, put on the, the creepy music, and we're all hiding. And the first hour goes by. And like, we're okay at hiding, like, not that good, like an hour is a long time. And then the second hour goes by, and I'm like, dude, this guy is terrible at hide-and-go-seek. And so those of us who are hiding start to kind of realize something's wrong, and we, we slowly start to make our way downstairs, and this new kid is eating chips on our couch in the dark. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he says, "Well, I couldn't find you guys, so I stopped looking." And just was just eating chips for like two hours. I am quite certain that he didn't even go upstairs <laughs> to look for us. Well, this guy was not invited back to my hide-and-seek party. <laughs> the reality is, he didn't even care. He didn't want to play. He didn't want to come find us because wasn't interested in it. And friends, isn't that how life goes? We stop searching when we stop caring. And yet, we will put all of our energy, all of our will, whatever we can to search out for that which our heart longs for, even if it's the wrong thing. willing to search out that which we truly care about, but what about that which we should care most about, the life with God? Are we willing this next year to put our mind and our heart our thinking and our searching toward the God who wants us to find him. Let's pray. Oh God, how grateful we are that when we were lost, when we are lost, you seek us out. You cling to us, oh God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, as we look to this next year, slow down, understand what you're calling us to. God, may we seek and search and look for you, your love, the life that is hidden in Christ, God, help us to see it, to understand it, and to find you. Because, oh God, you are seeking us out. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And, friends, as you uh, prepare your tithes and offerings, I just want to f- give you a friendly reminder this is our last offering. For the 2018 year, and um, our hope and prayer is to finish the year off strong and then look to 2019 uh, also uh, as a strong year. So thank you and God bless you as you give.